0: And so I could see as well, like with you, as it within your career coaching where people are like, oh, yeah, They're like, okay, but maybe this is a different way to phrase this <laughs> or look at that, like, let's, let's pull apart actually how that happens. So we can, we can communicate that better or to see ways that you can kind of change, like have control to change things up. Cause I think that's in both sides of what we do. I mean, I feel like that, that is a major fear or major um depressive like depressive emotional state is people not having control and and even as like a friend to someone who's looking for a job or looking for love or something like that you know we want that for people we want that so badly but it's the unfortunate element that like yes there are so many like that requires an ounce of luck if not a whole lot more of that um and yes they're they're good to remind people there's so many things you can do to improve your luck in in finding whomever or getting getting uh, employed in the area you want but it's just that hard thing of like it's a lot of work
1: welcome back to the career therapy podcast where we explore the hidden side of modern work help you turn procrastination into job search motivation and teach you how to stress less earn more and change careers with confidence My name is Martin McGovern, founder and lead coach at Career Therapy, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Anne-Marie Carruthers to the podcast. Today is a part one of a two-part episode. So if you like the discussion, be sure to come back next week to hear where we take things next. Anne-Marie is a content strategist, digital educator, and founder of Public Privates, a project dedicated to helping people find love online safely, By providing guidance on algorithms, AI facial recognition, and digital privacy and security. In today's episode, we talk about the overlap between online dating and the job search, the differences between authenticity and marketing yourself to attract a job or a potential date, and how ideas of dream jobs and soulmates can actually hurt our chances of building a life we love. If you like our show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We love hearing from you and your support enables us to keep curating conversations to help you grow in your life and career. Now grab a cup of coffee or tea and settle in for our conversation with Anne-Marie. All right. So I'm really excited to chat today because uh, when it comes to the job search and, and the people that I coach and the things that typically come up and that we talk about, Dating analogies are very often uh, fun to use and actually very (laughs) uh, apropos, I guess, uh, to what people are going through in the job search. And, you know, you have so much experience on both sides of the dating world and helping people with their dating profiles and helping people with all these things, and also, you know, the business world. and, And I think today's discussion of like how they overlap and what we can learn. Uh, from one to bring to the other and one to bring to the other will, will be really interesting. And so one of the things I want to just start off with here um, is that when it comes to dating, dating profiles, job seeking, and LinkedIn profiles and networking and all that stuff, probably the biggest emotion that people have is fear. And I'm curious when when you are talking to people and helping them recontextualize uh, their dating life, what, what, Fears typically come up, and what are some of the things that you're sort of seeing out there?
0: That's a really great question. Um, the so yes, the the biggest fear, and especially now, like it's winter time, and the thing I hear all the time is. Uh, kind of what it comes down to is I don't want to die alone or why oh, don't have I, I don't have a partner by now and it can get into bigger things of like, what's wrong with me or what am I doing? And I try to like pull people out of that rabbit hole and be like, w- like like let's pull ourselves out of that rabbit hole. There's actually things we can do. There's actually things you have control over. And because the biggest problem I find, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, Uh, with people looking for jobs is people can be really bad at marketing themselves. And nine times out of 10, when I ask somebody, well, what do you want? What do you want in a partner? What are you looking for? People are like, huh? I hadn't thought about that. Or I never. I was like, oh, I don't know. Just like a person. Like I don't know what they'll be hot or like this or, you know, there's either like very few things or there's like a laundry list of things. (laughs) Um, But but the specific question of like what what are you looking for, um, is often a question people haven't really answered. And so trying to get them to to get very specific. So that just like with job searches, when somebody says like, oh, oh, are you, are you looking, are you interested in dating? Like the thing where you're talking to your friends or stuff like that, you have that one to two sentence of like, oh yeah, I'm kind of looking for somebody like this, who maybe has a job like that, or is in this, or, or I'm open to this kind of relationship or something like that. Cause that you want to give people the easy thing that they, uh, like an easy image of what you're looking for. And the same thing with, with dating profiles, um, by being specific about both who you are and what you want it's going to help you immensely in people reaching out to you and being like, oh, I also like that thing. Or I'm also that person or like, let's, let's connect in that. So that is like the very first thing that I usually help people with, because I will tell you majority of the time when people have the, come to me with those fears, once again, I was just like, okay, well, let's, let's, you know, as I said, take yourselves out of that anxiety rabbit hole, and <laughs> focus on, on the things you do have control over, um, so that's the first thing. And, and I look at people's profiles and, you know, it can be a whole range of things. I mean, uh, we, we kind of spoke briefly before of, I think my, my favorite example to give is a friend who's a male model came to me and wanted a, a serious relationship and just gotten out of the relationship and um, showed me their, their Tinder profile. And their profile said, oh, just looking for a good time, like to party, 420 Friendly. And their profile picture was just a picture of them having graduated from college. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that was their Tinder profile, and I was like, "Honey, um, so so we like let's let's what you just said to me. Can we write that down? <laughs> you know? um, because so much of how um, dating apps work, well, of course we cannot. Uh, I can't. I uh, speak with a thousand percent confidence because the dating algorithms are confidential. They've never revealed exactly how they work, but we've gleaned some things. Um, there are algorithms behind it. There is AI behind it. And, uh, based on machine learning, which is taking in data. And so how, how AI works and, you know, how machine learning works and how they're, they're using this algorithm to try and match you with people is by learning, okay, you wrote in your profile, you like dogs, you like surfing, uh, you have a picture of you surfing, we're gonna go find other profiles that say they are looking for that. The problem is people lie. If you (laughs) feed an algorithm, yeah, that's the problem, or bad pictures or things like that. And so if you feed an algorithm bad data, which is what that is, they're gonna match you with the wrong people. (laughs) So that's why I try to get people very specific about what are you looking for and please make sure that however you're representing yourself on these apps or in person matches with what you actually want. Um, So yeah, it's the same thing I'm sure you tell people all the time, which is like, okay, you say you wanna be uh, like a content strategist Strategist working in fashion or music or something like that. Why are you applying to Allstate to be a software engineer? Why are you doing that then? So, so um, just really trying to align align those things and getting clear within yourself.
1: A hundred percent, and it's it, I find it so funny that you can basically just take the word dating and replace it with job search. And it's the exact same thing, right? Like there are so uh,
0: many parallels.
1: (laughs) There's so many because it's people dealing with people. That's what all this is at the end of the day. And one of the things that I find so funny in that story that you just gave is the idea that like, yeah, if, if we talk, if I ask any random job seeker, where do you want to work? What kind of job do you want? Uh, They say anywhere and any job. And then I go, okay, think of a political person that you hate and everyone has someone in their head and I go, would Mm -hmm. you want to work on their campaign? And they go, God, no. And I go, then you have a preference. So let's at least start (laughs) from what you don't want to be doing and work our way to what you do want. So same thing in the dating world. It's like, start with what you know you don't want. I don't want to be around X kinds of people, or I don't want to be you know, dating the people that I've been dating over and over again in these bad cycles. Um, And the same with the jobs. If you don't want to be in the same job over and over and over again, running into the same problems over and over and over again, then you might need to shift. Like I remember when I went from advertising into education, hugely different cultures, hugely different experiences. Um, You know, both are good for different kinds of people, but it's just like you, you need to kind of have those preferences in order for people to know how to help you and that's kind of the thing it's like these algorithms they want to help you they really do well I guess there's some debate there (laughs) we can can talk
0: about whether the algorithms are helping or hurting in a minute Yeah, yeah. because
1: if if you actually succeed (laughs) then you leave the app right um whereas exactly maybe LinkedIn is a little bit more uh forgiving in that respect because even once you get a job you stay on the platform so there's a little bit of a difference there, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm in a relationship now and there are no dating apps on my phone. I swear there's no, no. Uh, And like, like, these are the funny things that it's like, okay, well, like, and this is kind of the same thing in coaching, like success for a coach is that you don't work with me anymore. It's such an interesting uh, sort of world, but I'm curious when it comes to um, getting specific, where do people struggle the most?
0: so it ranges. I and mean, I'll be honest. It ranges between genders. Um, I get some people who want to be care about authenticity and authenticity mm-hmm. coming through and they will put their whole life story. They'll put their favorite quote. They'll do all of this stuff. And I'm like, honey, it's the 21st century. You think people read like, like this is, this is great. Save that for, uh, save it for your memoirs. Um, what you're really wanting to do is provide people quickly with what you just described of like the filtering you want to do on your end, which is if you're, you know, maybe you're a Democrat or you care about X, Y, and Z or something like that. You want to add your own filtering to your profile. So folks aren't coming down the line, you know, and then you realize maybe you have very different beliefs, very different feelings. Um, you want to do your own filtering. Let's start there. But then you also want to provide people with, quick with, with easy messages, as I said, like you want to, you want to provide people with their message to you. So I I always like, Oh, hit me up. If you know, you want to go, you, you like like thrift store dates. Um, want to see this movie or like, like this kind of movie, have a cat, whatever it is, because then you're going to get people be like, Oh, I have a cat or, Oh, I'd love to do this. You're helping them write their message to you because that is the biggest blocker. Um, and then, yes. And then, and then the other side of it is um, people, people being like too scarce or things like that. Um, so it's, it's finding that middle ground and, and, but mostly providing, providing people with their message to you is, is what I kind of present because that, as we all know, is kind of where things um, can fall through. <laughs> um, is like oh well i'm matching but nobody's messaging or i'm just getting a bunch of people saying hey hey how was your day how was your week you know? <laughs> um so so that's that's the biggest thing that i i recommend to folks um because and and also for the people writing those messages having a more unique having showing that you've read their message just like when you're writing a cover letter and you can speak to a specific thing or you change up your resume a little it shows you actually read their their job description and you're not a robot like that's that's what we like on both sides of the spectrum we're trying to prove we're not robots because just like with everything else you know an estimated 30% of accounts uh, made each day on a dating app are fake
1: that is also one of the most disappointing parts of the dating app. You <laughs> swipe right on someone and they're like, I'm not real. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah. that happens with jobs too. I've had so many people get like oh. an offer from a job too quickly. And I'm like, yeah. uh-oh, be specific, be suspicious. And yes. uh, and we find out that it's actually more scammy than, than it's worth. Yeah. And that is quite unfortunate. And I think one of the things that you're hitting on here that I, I really like is this idea of Just that initial putting yourself out there, that conversation, how are you describing yourself? How are you opening things up? And I really want to dig in. There's so many different areas to go into, but um, one in particular you mentioned is marketing yourself versus being authentic. And there's this this mindset in the job seeking world, as well as the dating world of like, I need to put it all out there. Like you said, I need to tell them everything. I need to, in my profile, say I have like ADHD and all this other stuff. And I've had people yeah. ask me like, when in the interview do I tell them I have ADHD? And I'm like, you don't, you, you wait don't. until you have the job. And maybe if you yes. trust your boss and they trust you and you have a good relationship, you can bring it up. Yeah. But that's something you manage on your own and, and figure out how to work in the, in the world with it. And so um, I see this all the time Uh, where people struggle with it, because they think that in order to get a job, they have to be really, really honest. And this question of how honest should I be comes up all the time. And it's funny, because I'm on calls, and I'm like, well, the coach answer is be honest. And then the truth of the world is that there's a gray area. And I, (laughs) and I always say, market yourself. I don't say lie. <laughs> and so right. and there's the, a difference. There is a yeah. difference. And one of the things yes. that I, uh, I kind of focus on is treat the companies the way that they are treating you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. companies aren't saying the last person who had this job quit because they were burnt out and we made them work weekends and we berated them all the time. They say, this is a great right. opportunity that will improve your career. Right. So don't tell them, I feel insecure and I'm struggling and I don't really know what I'm doing. Tell them here's how I can help and we'll see how it goes on day one. And so, uh, in your in your line of work, what are some of the like f- two honest things that people say? What are what are just a few of the things that maybe we should. Like just hold off on until maybe the maybe we're in the relationship, then show a little bit more of your crazy or something like that. Well, yeah. What are some of the things?
0: So many things are coming to mind, and I'm just trying to also like. (laughs) Of course, yeah. I feel um, honestly to the example you just gave of like meant like neurodivergence and things like that. So that's on a spectrum of things because some people it's better to find folks because there's because there's a ton of folks out there that's actually incredibly common like adhd Mm -hmm. isn't workers covering incredibly common um i see it more when you know there's some really notorious profiles i think there was like one where this person put down their entire dating history
1: oh
0: and was like you have to be this because I dated somebody who was like X Y and Z thing, and absolutely not. And you have to be this because I also dated somebody who was like this, and I dated this narcissist, like telling me their like truly listed out their entire dating history, and it was just wild. And it was like, okay, honey, you're not you're not doing yourself favors right now. You're you're providing a warning label for yourself by showing this because how many times you know, especially on the femme side of things. How many times have you gone on a date with somebody It's like, oh, my last girlfriend was crazy. And I was like, no, you, you, get, you gaslit your last girlfriend, honey. Like, um, like that is a red flag. <laughs> um, so I'd see, so that is something of, of getting too detailed. And, and, and the same thing with like going on dates as well is be very mindful of how you communicate about previous dates, previous partners, because that person you're on a date is going to be memorized. Like, okay, maybe I'm I'm being my analytical Virgo self. I'm like, I'm memorizing, I'm picking it up. But people are are hyper kind of sensitive to being like, okay, how do they talk about their previous relationships? How do they talk about people in general? there, there, people are going to be on like hyper aware of, of that. So, that is something to be aware of. Just like if you got fired from a job or let go or something like that, that interviewer is going to be very aware of how you talk about your previous employer as it's going to probably give guidance on maybe you as an employee. So, that um, that is something to be extremely mindful of. Both, like, first of all, keep it out of an app, <laughs> don't talk about your previous relationships in an app. Um, you know, it's one thing to be like, oh, I just kind of break up and I'm looking for a hookup now. Fine, fine, that's fine. But if you're literally looking for longer-term relationships, stuff like that, then yes, be incredibly mindful of how you talk about previous partners and previous relationships. Um, so that's that's the biggest, that's kind of the biggest one. Um, you know, mental health and stuff like that. Nobody's having a good time right now. Nobody's doing well. Um, but once again, that could be if you feel safe and and uh, uh, you know can feel you can be vulnerable with somebody when you're in person and after a few dates and you feel like you can, you can be honest or, or, you know, they're being vulnerable to you and you feel comfortable being vulnerable with them. Fine. Um, I will say that it's actually something that's brought up pretty early on in dating is, is neurodivergent or things like that. Um, because to be honest, I think that could be a helpful thing. Um, especially for the person you're dating, not, so much as like a warning or anything like that but more is like letting them know like for for one instance i had uh, a friend who who has been dating not on a few uh tinder dates with somebody and um they really really connect really like them they are uh, on, on the autistic spectrum and have adhd um and it actually helped her to know these things about him because there were times where she was like, "Oh, he's not interested in me, or something like that." But because he actually explained, "Actually, I have this. I'm very interested, but I'm not really good at texting, or, or sometimes we'll get really focused on this or stuff like that." It, it took the the anxiety off of her to be like, "Oh, something's wrong with me, or he doesn't like me." To be like, "Oh no, this is just this is just him." And and the thing to seal that deal, especially if you are neurodivergent or things like that, is to also express what caring for another person looks like for you. Like we talk about love languages all the time of like, I know we're like, oh, my love language is I like to receive gifts. And I was like, but talk about what what showing that you care about someone looks like. Like gift giving is, is a way I show that I really care about somebody. But I can also be honest and be like, hey, I'm not the biggest texter in the world. Doesn't mean I don't care about you, but just like, I'm a busy baby. And so, <laughs> um, but then I'll show up and, and be like, oh, I got this comic because it reminded me of you, or you said they you like this thing. And so being being clear about that, because that's um, so much of what I hear from folks in terms of like fears is like, oh, well, I don't know if they really like me or things like that because of mismatched caring. Um, so I apologize, you 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 asked a, a question. No, no of a you're, path.
1: You're going down the right tangents. And, and I think okay. like what you just called out there is that nuance that's really important, right? Yes. Um, So much of the job search in the dating world is so self-focused, right? Because when you yep. get rejected, it feels very personal and everything is very, very high intensity all the time emotionally. Yeah. And you talk about love languages and love languages are hilarious because yes. they, they mostly are looked at as like, this is my love language. So, do this for me. It's very like demanding and yeah. self focused versus this is my love language. So, how can I better un- open my understanding of what I'm not doing for others or not giving to others or not noticing from others? Right. And that's really the lesson from those things. It's like, how do you be more yeah. welcoming? How do you be more understanding? How do you be more open? rather than how do you force people to do what you want them to do, right? And I think so much of the job search is also hyper self-focused about like, what do you, like we, we talked about how people don't know what they want, but sometimes people know what they want too much. And that Correct. prevents them from being like flexible and being open-minded and things like that. And so, you know, if you ask someone, what do you want in a partner and their list is a thousand things long, maybe we need to revisit yeah. that list. And I, I always thought it right. was funny. Um, Dan Savage had this great uh, quote where he's like, you can have deal breakers, but you can only have five. Yep. <laughs> he's yep. like, you can only have five deal breakers and they should be big things like religion, kids, you know, open relationships and things like that. Not this person breathes funny or this person chews with their mouth open. And like, yeah. uh, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: like, yeah. It, thank you. No, there's, so uh, there's this really great book that came out recently called how not to die alone. And it's behind, by, uh, by this behavioral scientist who was Google for a few years, number of years and on hinge, I think it's Lucy Vaughn is, is her name. I apologize. I'm terrible with names. Um, but she, in her science, put it down to like, there's three profiles of daters and there's like the romantics who are like waiting for the spark or love's just gonna happen. And they just like, kind of wait for it. They don't actually proactively seek people. But what you're describing is one of them is called the, the Maximist who is like, won't compromise. Who is like, okay, well these people meet X, Y, and Z of my needs, but I could probably do better. But they don't have this, but they don't have the car. I like, but they don't have a dog, but then, you know like, but I don't really like their job. And then they keep going and, and you know, it's like, it's never enough and it's getting those folks to like sit down and and be like compromise please because compromise is actually healthy if you want a serious or long term relationship um you know be mindful as you said of the big things what are the big things for you what are the big breakers and also be mindful of red flags we're not saying to like overlook how somebody treats you as long as you know if it's disrespectful etc but also Honey, <laughs> <laughs> like instead of, instead of, you know, the same thing of just like, oh, I could probably like, I'm going to keep job searching because I could probably get this same thing for another 10K higher salary or something like that. Honey, take the job now. Cause you can get, yeah, fine. You can, you can go for the next thing another time, but there might be other other opportunities within this, etc. I know that the number one thing I hear from friends these days is like, they are willing to, in terms of job searching, it was like, they're willing to take a kind of a lower paying gig if it's if it's a less bullshit job is the like if it's a bullshit less political environment stuff like that they care so much about um about like, the culture of it and and like if i if i can actually relax more then yes i'll take 10k or i'll work at the small, smaller place or something like that um which i've really really appreciated that kind of trending
1: yeah and and it's really important to think about it that way because a lot of times people look at that as settling, and there's this real yeah. negative connotation around settling in yeah. life and career and in relationships and things like that. Yeah. And I find it to be such a funny concept because, um, after having been a coach for so long and having seen VPs who are just nervous wrecks and, and like people who are what you would externally see as like someone who's got their life together and everything is perfect. It's, it's amazing how much people open up to you about everything in their life when you're a coach. So, you know, they might be killing it in their job, but struggling in their relationship, killing it in their relationship, but their job is uh, something they don't pay attention to. No one has all of it together in a perfect way. And one of the things that I try and focus on whenever um, people are talking about this stuff is like, oh, well, you know, I want to be like Oprah. I want to be like The Rock. I want to be like whatever. (laughs) I'm like, The Rock is divorced. Oprah has been struggling with a lot of things throughout her life that she's been very open about. Like Mm -hmm. everything comes with trade-offs. Everything comes with uh, context. And I think we forget about that sometimes. And we forget that like, we're not the shit sometimes. Like there's, (laughs) there's and it's kind of funny how like, It's, it's both things at the same time. It's like, I don't want to settle and I'm insecure. How can both those emotions exist at the same time? But they do because we're very complex people. And going back to the point that we made earlier about like, when you talk about your previous employer, don't just bash your old boss. Right. Yeah. And I always like to think about that as like, that is one of many truths of the situation. So if I look back at one of my old jobs, I did quit because I had a really bad boss but I don't tell that story, even though that's technically a true story. Another truth, cause there's about 20 reasons that I left that job is that right. the environment wasn't healthy from a drinking and and just like lifestyle perspective. Um, I also left that job because I was curious about education and other things. And it's like, which thing do you wanna focus on at what time, right? Um, and you could literally have the same conversation about the same topic and go down 18 or 20 different tangents on it. And it's like still the same topic. And I find that to be so fascinating because it helps people realize that there's more scripts that they can talk about. And I think sometimes we get stuck in these like repeating cycling scripts about our lives and about who we are and about what we're doing. And I'm curious, what sort of scripts do you sort of see people repeat? That's
0: a huge factor.
1: We interrupt today's episode to let you know about Career Therapy's Unstuck Coaching Program. If you're feeling paralyzed by job search procrastination and unsure of what to do next in your career, we're here to help. Each month as a member, you will get access to two one-on-one coaching calls, unlimited virtual chat with your coach via Slack, invitations to bi-weekly group coaching sessions, and lifetime access to our eight-part job search curriculum. Want to take your search to the next level? Head over to careertherapy.com and schedule a free 15-minute consultation to chat with me today and see if coaching is right for you. Now, back to our show.
0: That is probably one of the most common things I hear from people I coach is, you know, some people will be like, oh, I've, I've... I've only had these kind of relationships or all my late relationships, like how, what am I doing that I'm just attracting? Or there must be something wrong with me that I'm not attracting this kind of person or I'm only attracting this kind of thing or people, you know, that is a very common, you know, as you said, this kind of one focus script. And, you know, that's where the behavioral science and also like the emotional side of, of my work comes in because um, I can talk about tech all day, but it's just like this is a very human um, process that we've kind of digitized and we've gamified and that has real consequences to you know our emotional state. Um, so what I try to do with people who have this like one single script is kind of dig a little deeper into it. And try to maybe explore context around it. So, you know, one client had not the best relationship with somebody, but it was also like there was long distance and it was in the middle of pandemic and things like that. And I was like, well, you know, maybe this happened because it was a time that it was very difficult to date. You know, there's distance look at all these other factors that really weren't about you at all um or when people are like well people like why don't people see me as a long-term partner and I was like once again pulling at context and I'll be like okay well what age range of people are you dating and I was like Oh, oh, this person was like, oh, 26, 27, 28. And I'm like, so you're dating babies. <laughs> like, like you're in your thirties, you're dating people who are in a place in their life that there's usually a lot of change is happening. So I'm like, let's look at that context too. Like, like why, why didn't that work out? Oh, the person moved to another place to get a job. They, they went on to this thing. Like that's like, yeah. That, or maybe they didn't really know what they wanted yet. Cool. None of these things were about you. The thing you can change is maybe maybe dating a different like being mindful of that age group or, or something like that of uh not telling people like oh oh, you have to date some of your own age but something like that but trying to look at like okay if you're noticing patterns instead of writing a script about yourself trying to provide that objective observe like uh, perspective to it to be like let's look at the other elements of this. um and um and it's not something you can typically just hand somebody. It's like, oh, here, here's the love of your life. Congratulations. I know this guy. Like, like, like rom-coms have all set us up to believe. I mean, it is the season. We're going to be seeing them 24 oh <laughs> seven. It's like, you're going to get a boyfriend or husband by
1: Christmas.
0: The proliferation,
1: <laughs> the proliferation of the exact same Christmas movie over and oh, over God. and over again. And my partner loves them. So I'm going to have to watch a bunch oh. of them.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no that's but, that's my mother. Um how you can how you can save your holiday is there now bingo cards that you can get? Oh yeah. Um, it's like there's a bingo card that whenever you're watching this will make it more like I'm the same way of like oh god another one of these, but my family loves them. So I got bingo cards that you can get that you can like okay, this this cliche thing happened and and at least can be be fun that way. But that's a go town that. That's that that so great. Hole. Well,
1: and and to circle back to what you're saying here, I think there's, there's like this weird line, this weird tightrope we have to walk between humbling ourselves and not being so down on ourselves, right? It's like, on the one hand, uh, there is so much outside of our control, and we can only focus on what we can control. And so sometimes we're just not going to luck out, quote unquote. And then other times I'll see people get the job, and then they don't take any credit for it. They're like, oh, that was all just mm-hmm. luck. And I'm like, luck? you've spent the last six months networking your ass off. And now yeah. you have a job. That's not it is. And it isn't. It isn't. It's like, we can Correct. create more luck, right? We can put ourselves yes. into serendipitous situations. We can like, if you're just at home playing video games, there's no luck in the world that will get you a, you know, a partner from yeah. that. But Thank you. if you're putting yourself out there over and over and over again, and you're learning and growing and getting better, like, I, I have an anxiety disorder. And it's like, it was brutal. If I look back at my dating life, it was brutal, especially early on, especially when like wine was necessary to get any ounce of confidence. Like it was really, really tough. And every time I failed, I was like, all right, what can I slightly improve for the next one? Right. And, you know, there's, (laughs) I always think it's funny too, that people blame the other person. It's like, Um, that person, I mean, sure. Everyone's going to have some defensiveness. Like that person was a jerk or crazy or whatever, but it's like, at the end of the day, there was a mismatch for some reason. And there's something you can learn from it. And same with jobs, like every job that I've not, I've done that didn't work out for whatever reason, whether I left or they didn't want me, it's like, Mm -hmm. I left for a reason or they didn't need me anymore for a reason. And there's so much learning that can happen in that space where you can go, okay, maybe this and then try that out and then maybe this and try that out and i think there's so much in there whereas some people can get stuck in the trap of like it's always the other person it's always the job it's never me it's always the job that is terrible and i always have to one of our long-running themes in this podcast is if every single job sucks maybe you suck and if every person is an asshole maybe you're the asshole and I think that there's so much there. Obviously, I don't want to tip, tip that scale to the point where people are right. like hating themselves, but as a joke right. to motivate yourself. And I'm curious, what other kinds of yeah. things do you sort of see as trends or ways that people can keep getting back on the horse in a positive way?
0: Absolutely. Um, so the things I recommend are essentially... A, don't fall on the side that, you know, rom-coms have let us believe that, oh, you know, love's just going to fall on your lap or you're just going to bump in. Like people get so focused on meet-cutes and soulmates. And we have data that shows like that people who are very focused on soulmates find very low satisfaction in their relationships. So first of all, please let that belief go. And, and it's this thinking of like, well, why I, don't, I shouldn't have to work. Why, why does love have to be work? Why, does, why do relationships have to be work? Like, okay, honey, let's work on that a little bit. And, and, and I do blame it kind of to society of like, oh, it's just gonna happen. It's not just gonna happen. But once again, you can improve your, your odds by going out in the world or putting yourself out there, even like I, we're still in a pandemic. So even in virtual spaces um, and pursuing things you enjoy. Taking classes, going to a watch party, joining a gaming discord about whatever, pursuing things you enjoy is going to help you a, meet people, which is a big part of it, and two, meet people who are already at least interested in something you really love doing, and, and you're going to have that mutual thing right off the bat, and it's a much more natural way to kind of get to know somebody. Um, of course with apps, yes, you can kind of like speed up the process and whatever, but when we talk about, you know, Oh, you really want to meet cute. Great. You're going to have to go do these things. You're going to have to go out in the world and do these things, but I'll tell you, you know, I I've heard of really successful, uh, I'm aware of people who have found people, uh, found relationships through Zoom watch parties in the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, through, through, um, through, as I said, a gaming Discord, through a a D group, things, things like that, that they've, you know, as a way that they regularly saw a group of people, maybe kind of like struck up a conversation, da-da-da. Like my own relationship came out of Slack. Like I kid you not came out of a friend group Slack. Um that there there are these other digital safe virtual spaces. Uh, that are not dating apps so you can meet people but that's the biggest thing i tell people is is um like there's that side of it of like honey it's ain't it's like it ain't just gonna tr- drop in your lap tomorrow um and then the other side of it is people are like oh i've been dating so much i've been dating constantly i've been going on dates every day and uh so exhausting and stuff like that And i was like well what are you doing on these dates mm-hmm. and i was like oh we went we just went to a bar and we talked and i was like so you had a job interview with them at a bar essentially (laughs) so you're like oh what school did you go to what do you do for work like honey like uh, go do something you want to do you want to go see this art gallery you want to go shop? like whatever it is do what you want to do and then it's not wasted time at least if you get along with a person wonderful it's a chiller environment you're not going to be interviewing your both of your attention can be focused elsewhere, either you're doing a class or, or you're, you're, as I said, at a, at a gallery, you're, both your attention can be focused on something else that isn't directly staring at each other and interviewing each other and going through your mental lists in your head. <laughs> like, oh, did they do this thing? Oh, well, I don't really like that thing. Instead of that, um, by having both of your attentions focused on something else and hopefully an activity it's gonna take the chill volume way down and you're gonna be more like that authenticity we've been talking about, that's gonna come across. I will also give a heads up to people of like, please don't, unless you see major red flags that they're disrespectful, uh, you know, they treat you poorly, things like that, like absolutely beware of those red flags. But I hear so often people like, well, the spark wasn't there. Well, I just didn't feel that spark. I don't feel that chemistry with them. And I was like, oh, on your two hours and learning this new human being, that's shocking. Um, But people get so focused on like the spark of the chemistry. Honey, I know a lot of people had great chemistry and boys chemistry can fizzle out real fast. (laughs) Um, That's that's what it does. Uh, Or that's at least what I remember from my chemistry classes. You have that explosion and then it's done. Um, And they get really focused on that. And so what I recommend is like, please give a person at least three dates. Cause like you described yourself as, as someone who sounds more maybe like anxious or something like that. I, that's a really common thing. The people often who can be incredible partners who can are kind, loyal, smart, have those characteristics can sometimes take a while to get out of their shell you're not going to see it on the first date. You're probably not going to see it on the second date. So give people the th- the third date rule. Like, and, and and I will stand by that. Like, like my current partner, I that's what I told myself. Oh, okay. I'm giving it three dates because I already knew them as a person. I like I knew the kind of things we were interested and in. we had a lot of similarities and stuff like that. And you know, they they were just uh, they were just a very quiet person because because they're little because they're shy. And and then once you know they kind of felt more comfortable with me and stuff like that. Oh, oh boy, did that personality come out, <laughs> you know? And I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very like honored that it means that like, oh, I get to see this wonderful, you know, more of the deeper deeper side and, and multiple levels of this incredible person because uh, because they feel comfortable with me and, and I wouldn't have, you know, and so I'm really glad I did the, the, you know, the three dates. And so that's what I recommend to people. Like, please don't focus on the spark. You know, please, please don't be worried about chemistry, like have your list of what are, what are the red flags for you? But like, otherwise give it, give it a 3 date rule. You can, you can do three dates, do it with something that's fun. Give it a 3 date
1: rule. I love everything you're saying. And I think it's just so funny <laughs> how you can honestly just take out dating and put in job search and almost it's all of this wild. stuff is exactly the yep. same. Like, like we, I encourage people to do coffee chats for networking because mm-hmm. it's the most direct, most Um, straightforward, easiest way to make a connection with someone. But it is terrifying for people because it is that one-on-one interview. And one of the things I also tell them is like, hey, at least it's a low stakes interview versus a real interview. So still do it. But the best way to network is to go to events that you find interesting and connect with the people there. I had someone who got a job through their Clash of Clans uh, Slack group. And I was like, that's not on my list of things to do, but go do it. And yeah. I think about my own relationship and, and similar to you, it's like, um, you know, I did the dating apps and I did all those things, but the relationship that lasted actually came out of a friendship and that friendship started mm-hmm. because years ago I was someone who wanted to travel, but thought it was like overwhelming to plan things. Cause of course, anxiety and uh, a mm-hmm. buddy of mine was like, Hey, sign up for this, uh, I just went to Costa Rica with this place that plans everything for you. And I was like, that sounds wow. perfect. So she ended up being the person that like made sure I wasn't a crazy person when I applied for this trip. And it's just kind of funny how over the years, the friendship grew, we knew each other and then like circumstances t- ended up lining up that it worked out. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of funny because we look at it and we're like, if we had even tried this at any other point before the time mm-hmm. we did, because we were friends for a good amount of time. I was like, we would have blown this thing up because I was in a terrible spot. Like we were just not mm. in the right place. And I think a lot of it is also timing. And when you yep. think about the job search, it's like, you might have your dream job, AKA your soulmate. And yeah. because you put so much pressure on it, because you made it such a big thing in your head, you're going to blow it up. Like I always say to people, if you got your your dream job, if you got an interview for your dream job before you were ready for it, you're going to not get that job. And I said this with like um, in college, I got a whole bunch of connections to Leo Burnett and that's where I wanted to work and I would have done anything to work there. I wanted to live in like the corn cob buildings, the Marina city in Chicago and walk across the river to, to work every day at Leo Burnett. And I thought it was so cool. And I like met people and I was applying to things and I ended up writing like a four page cover letter for this job. And it was... I look back. I wish. I wonder if I have it somewhere. It's the most cringy, awful. Because I was in college, mm-hmm. so I was like used to writing long essays, and it's just like, yeah, my love of advertising began in the. It's so. Cringy. It's the first
0: chapter of your memoir. Exactly. And to
1: your point, it's like that's what people are doing on their dating profiles. That's what people are doing in their outreach messages, and I love what you said earlier, where it's like if. If you're, um, if you're giving them, t- you're making it difficult for them to engage with you. You're making it difficult Correct. for them to say yes. You're, you're just yes. making everything more difficult. And this is a skill, both the job search and dating and relationships and everything. It's all a skill yep. that you build. I was just watching <laughs> love, sex and goop. Oh boy. But the first two episodes <laughs> are interesting. And like, again, it's a skill. And I think that all of these things are looked at as like, I'm not good. I'm a terrible person. Something's wrong with me. When in reality, nothing's wrong with anyone really. It's just that you've either learned bad habits that you now have Mm -hmm. to unlearn and relearn, or no one teaches any of these things. Like, thank God you're here to teach, right? Because (laughs) I remember when I put my profile, my first dating profile together, I was like, I think this is good. I work in marketing, so maybe it's good. Mm -hmm. And then I watched Tim Ferriss's breakdown of uh, dating profiles where like he had like all these scientists show him like what makes people click and things like that. So he ends up with like a picture of him shirtless with a dog. And it's like, that's what gets people to click. And I remember something someone told me, they're like, in your photo, you need to have things that people can reference so uh, right. a buddy of mine years ago was like, I'm not getting any traction on my dating profile. So I took him to the museum and I took a bunch of pictures of him with like a polar bear or like whatever. And he's like, all of a sudden he started getting all these like, Hey, what's with the polar bear in that photo. Right. And like it's conversation starters versus just you with a beer in your hand or you with like a blank wall behind you. And it's like, or
0: holding a fish,
1: holding like, fish.
0: <laughs> That's oh, a fish, you haven't hurt. Heard- Oh my God, it is such a cliche for cis male profiles to have a picture of them holding a dead fish that they just got that that like there are TikToks of women parroting it. Oh my. Like there's there's a whole cliche among women of just like because of how common that photo is. Or somebody was just telling me yesterday that they didn't, they didn't want like this pro, like they didn't swipe right on this guy, even though it was cute or had these other things. Because every photo of him was a picture of him with a dog. But it was a different dog in each photo. And he's it was like, are you stealing dogs? Are you like, he's, what is he's, that? He's are the, you just uh, going to your, yeah. Going to your friend's Carolla house Deville. and be like, <laughs> I, I truly. He I was like, also like, please don't, especially like, okay, cis men, please don't take pictures like post pictures of pro like your profile with you with a kid if it's not your kid like please don't do that oh my word yes like there's some belief okay. out there that like oh well if I show that I'm with this young and ladies will like me or think I'm a family man no that's not kid. your kid where'd that kid come from where'd did totally that kid come from this Josh guy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> where'd that kid come from and like yeah and if it's not your kid then like also people are going to be like who don't want a family and if you already don't have a family then like you know you're gonna once again have this mismatch maybe it's something down the line but if people think you have a child and they don't want to have like the responsibility of a child today honey they're not going to swipe right on you yeah um so, and if you, so if every
1: photo is you with seven other people and we can't figure out who you are that's awesome that and, is oh and this ties into branding <laughs> this ties into branding right like I- Yep. When you're putting yourself online, when you're putting yourself on LinkedIn, what you're doing is giving people opportunities to engage with you. So if you're going to put yourself up there and it's just so boring or so bland, or it has nothing to sink teeth into, it's like, of course, no one's reaching out to you. And so you got to do something to differentiate yourself. And that's where that yep. whole marketing piece comes in. But I think one thing I really want to dig into with you is like a lot of what we're talking about is like the funny stuff and like the weird stuff. And mm-hmm. honestly, we could, we could do like four more episodes on this, and maybe we oh yeah, will. we could, <laughs> but because there's like a thousand notes that we haven't gotten to. Um, but there's there's this. Uh, I did an episode a while back with a therapist, a sex therapist, and she was talking about mm. um, sexuality and work and all these different things. And mm. um, one of the things she mentioned, uh, Asya, she said, "We're all learning through trial and error because no one teaches us this stuff at a young enough age that we can actually." build like, oh, a good sense of the world from it, right? So our careers are trial and error and our relationships are trial and error. And sometimes we're not ready to date when we put ourselves out there. And I know I was in this camp for many years where I'm like, I have to date, I have to date, I have to be out here because that's what the expectation is. or that's what I thought I needed. When I look back at some of those interactions, I'm like, I wasn't ready for any of that. And I should have just like worked on myself in isolation for a while before going and, Mm -hmm. you know, unloading my baggage on other people, right? And I think (laughs) kind of what you talked about, it's like, we're bringing this baggage from previous relationships. My last relationship was this. So now I'm with this Mm -hmm. person and they're triggering that. And now I'm getting upset with this person over what the last person did. And the same thing with jobs and interviews. They're like, I, you know, I have a client and, you know he'll be in an interview and they'll ask him something to do a take home assignment or something. And he's like, oh, the last place gave me this ridiculous take-home assignment. So this one's going to be ridiculous. And then he'll like kibosh the whole thing. And those are rough situations to be in because every single, you know, initiation should start fresh, hopefully. Um, not that it ever does, but it's like, we should try our best to sort of learn from these experiences. And I'm just kind of curious. So as we're, we're coming to the end of time here, if there was one, like, perspective that someone could take when, you know, maybe they're back here, they're in that fear mode, they haven't really taken that next step into interacting with the, the people in the world on the dating side of the job side, they're just like, they're in their house, maybe playing some video games, distracting themselves. What is the first thing that they should do to start getting into the right mindset and having the right perspective in order to approach this in a healthy way?
0: So, bad relationships, um, it can kind of be like when you touch a hot oven, it's a learning. Um, Unfortunately, like touching the hot oven, it can be, uh, that's fast, bad relationships can sometimes be long. And boy, relationship trauma is probably the most common thing I talk through with people. Because as you said, it's very difficult to look at a new opportunity. and not be constantly comparing it to issues you've had in the past. So what I would say to a person to, as you said, get in that mindset is kind of what I said at the beginning. Take the learnings of that relationship. Be mindful that everyone's different. Like take the learnings of like really what went wrong or, or you know, what, what wasn't great. And sit down and write out what you want right now what do you want and it can't be can't be about somebody's looks has to be about qualities because then when you're going out there and you're getting triggered with maybe relationship trauma whatever it is you can go back to those central qualities and be like okay but is this person communicative like maybe they said this thing, but but what are they? Are they better at communication than the last person that I really, well, I really wanted good communication? Uh, did they show up for me in this way? Um, you know, do do they have this quality that I said I wanted? Okay, so that's still here. And just because they said this thing or did this thing, you know, that kind of trigger other stuff. Um, as long as I said they're not being disrespectful to you, they're not not abusive behavior, things like that. Um, kind of that use that guidance of what you've written down that you want and what you're looking for to ground yourself in those moments and and provide that kind of foil um, to going out there in the world again
1: I love it I love it And I think again (laughs) at the end of the day it's getting to know who you are what your needs Mm -hmm. are and then what you can give because it is a give and take every time we're out there. Yes. Sometimes we're creating the situations that backfire on us and, and it's good to take stock and to think about that and and to grow from it. And so, Anne-Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if people wanna learn more about your work and and get more uh, and follow you and get more involved in what you're doing, where, where should they go?
0: Sure, so check out publicprivates.com. Um, that's where you can sign up for, uh, I can happily review your profiles. I can talk to you about so many other topics. I mean, we've mainly talked about dating, um, but I can talk about, I talk about security, I talk about uh, uh, how to how to have relationships online, things like that. Um, so yeah, publicprivates.com, as well as we're all over Instagram, Twitter, et cetera.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. Everyone go check it out, publicprivates.com, <laughs> and we'll link it all in the description. Anne-Marie, thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, this is a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. I really appreciate your support of what we're building here at Career Therapy as we continue to try and explore the hidden side of modern work and tell some of the stories that maybe don't get enough light shed on them. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, I hope you will leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to this wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube, Spotify, etc. And uh, share this with some friends who you know are going through similar experiences and looking to build their career and, and gain some insights along the way. Again, thank you so much for stopping by, and I wish you the best. I'll see you on the next episode.